since my youth. From birth I have relied upon you. You have brought me forth from my mother's womb. I will ever praise you. I have become a sign to many. You are my strong refuge. My mouth is filled with your praise, declaring your splendor all the day long. As David writes this, he considers the hand of the Lord over his life. He even says, the Lord, you be my refuge. Lord, you have rescued me. Lord, you have, you have turned your ear to me and saved me. You, have been, you, you, you give commands to me. You, you deliver me. But he comes in in verse 5 and he says, Lord, you are my hope and my confidence. You know, there, there's so many things that we can hope in. But the Bible says, hope thou in Christ. Amen. He, he never fails us. And then, and then David says, you my confidence since my youth. From the time I was a shepherd boy, to the time I was engaging with the lion and the bear, to the time that I faced Goliath, to the time that he would, he, he would, he would even lead a nation of Israel. He says, Lord, you have been my confidence. From birth, I've relied on you. Amen. I, know, I want you to, to be assured of tonight. You can rely on the Lord. Amen. Amen. He will never fail you. He will never let you down. Amen. He who watches over Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. He is a, he is a watcher. He is, he is a restorer. He is, he is a grace giver. Amen. We bless him. He says, you have brought me from my mother's womb. Forever I will praise you. But I like verse 7. He says, I have become a sign to many. May the Lord make you a sign. Amen. Amen. May the Lord make you a testimony. May your life speak to others, encouraging, building, raising up others. And he, and he says, my mouth is filled with your hope and your praise, declaring your splendor all the day, day long. Lord, may you help us this evening, Lord, as we come. To be able to just declare the goodness of the Lord. To declare the favor of the Lord. Declare the grace of the Lord. You're a faithful God. And so this evening as we come before you in worship. As we come before you in praise. It is our desire that our worship and our praise. Will ascend before you as a sweet smelling savor. 
Father, I pray today, may you, may you receive our worship. May you receive our praise. Hear these praises, O oh Lord, from a grateful heart. Hear these praises from a heart full with gratitude, full with praise. You are truly an amazing God. So we pray today, we declare an open heaven over this house and over every life and every home and every individual that is joining us, even online. I pray today that you would show up in their lives, that you would manifest yourself as the great God that you are, as the great God that you are. And so today we pray that this will be a season, oh God, that of grace and a season of open heavens. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Let's just worship God together. Amen. It's good to have you here tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we honor you right now. And we know, Lord, there's an open heaven in this house. And wherever you're joining us right now, we speak in open heaven upon your home right now. I give you glory for all you brought me through. And now we're ready, God. And now I'm ready for whatever you want to do. Oh, I'm moving forward to follow after you. And now we're ready, Lord. And now I'm ready whatever, whatever you want to do. Oh, it's your presence, Lord. Your presence. Oh, 
coming, whatever it is, no matter how hard it might seem right now, but God is working all things together for your good. Come on, let's believe together right now. Oh, I know. Yeah. 
has a name right now. Oh, he can do it. He's been doing it. He can do it. Don't you just believe right now? I've seen cancer. I've seen cancer.
great God. We worship you. So Father, we just come before you tonight just honoring, just praising, just lifting up your name. We believe that the entrance of your word brings light and life. And so tonight, Lord, even as we are gathered in this place to worship you, to praise you, even as we gather around your word right now, Lord, we ask that you would just speak to us, that you would reveal that which is on your heart. And let our witness be like those on the road to Emmaus that said, didn't our hearts but burn within us when we heard the word of truth. So speak to us, Lord, like only you can. Speak, Lord, who we your servants here in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. amen. You may be seated. Amen. Thanks to the worship team. Amen. Bless you. Bless the Lord. Amen. If you have your Bibles, let's just go to the book of Exodus chapter 3. I, I, I was just sharing with a few people yesterday uh, on, on this portion of scripture. And then as I shared it, I, I wanted to, to just, uh, just extend some of the thoughts that the, the Lord spoke to me in this. The, the background of the scripture is that we find Moses is... Now looking after the, sh the sheep of his father-in-law Jethro, he's in Midian, he's in the backyard of the desert, and he comes close to the mountain of Horeb, and uh, and it's, it's and Horeb is referred to as the mountain of God, and he comes close to Horeb, and when he comes close to Horeb, there is an angel of the Lord that appears to him, and. Uh, as we look at this portion of scripture, I want you to, 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 to have in your heart and have in your spirit that God's desire to move us from one location to another, a, a desire for, for God to move us from one season to another. And, and in this, we have to understand that this doesn't just happen by chance. God is deliberate and God will choose a vessel in order to lead his people in this time. And here we see in, in verse 2 it says, And the angel of the Lord appeared, appeared to him in flames of fire from within the bush. And Moses saw that the bush was on fire and it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see the strange sight. Why does this bush not burn up? And when the Lord saw that he had gone over God called to him from within the bush saying, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here am I. Amen. Now, this portion of scripture is, is powerful in the fact that not only does Moses have an, a, a, a personal encounter with God, but he gets a personal audience with God. Amen. And, and, and the Bible says there's a burning bush. Now, I want you to know he's looking after sheep. Is in the wilderness. It's not strange for there to be uh, fires in the wilderness. It's a dry place. The sunlight reflecting will cause fires to come. But the strange thing about this fire is that it was like no other. It was a bush that was on fire but not being consumed. Now, I want you to understand how important this is, the detail of it. Because if it was just another fire, it would not have attracted his attention. When God shows up, we know that it is God because it's not like every other encounter. It's not like every other experience. God will take a natural encounter and turn it into a supernatural exposure and a supernatural encounter for you. In that, in that moment, God takes, it takes a burning bush and, and, and it's not being consumed draws their attention to it and when they're drawn to it they're not just drawn to he's not just drawn to the bush but he's drawn to the fire i want you to understand bushes are plenty but bushes alight and not being burned is he's never seen before and so he says he saw it as a strange sight what starts off as curiosity begins to usher you into destiny 
Hear me? What starts off as curiosity ushers Moses into his destiny. His destiny is being encountered through the burning bush. There is something that is going to be handed over, something that is going to take place. He doesn't know. He's going to look at it. He's a shepherd boy. He's maybe looking for something to keep his mind occupied. It's, it's a mundane job. He's looking up the sheep. They, they, they need everything. And, and there he sees a sight of interest. And the Bible says he turned aside. Now I want you to understand this is the important part. When God shows up in the normal events of your life, are you able to pause for a moment and say, Lord, I'm turning aside? Because this is the very important thing. You may be doing the same job you've been doing before, but all of a sudden in this moment, you've got to discern what's different about this moment. What's different about this encounter? You may be dealing with people on a daily basis and all of a sudden somebody comes up and all of a sudden it's almost as if God grips your attention and he says this is something else that is about to transpire in this moment. Would you be able to shift from your normal duties and, and discern what is about to transpire? You see, that's what defines destiny moments. That's what changes that's what is a life-altering moment is when, when God shows up, you are prepared to arrest yourself. You are prepared to relax. You are prepared to say, it's okay, I've got things to be doing, but right now this is where I need to be. And so he comes in that place and he pauses. And I want you to understand, may the Lord give you discernment. May the Lord give you discernment. There, there are moments I have conversations with people every day. And, and, and sometimes there are moments in conversations when I know God is about to do something else. There are moments. Now you may be saying, but pastor, that's your job. You shouldn't know that. that, that. But the reality is most of the time you are, you, you are having normal conversations with people. But then there is a moment where, 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 where God almost makes you pause. And, and delay the conversation so that something else can begin to take place. I can't tell you about the number of times that this has happened. And when I took the time not to be hurried about something, and it's often in the times when you are in demand and there's many things that you've got to do. It's almost as if you've got no time to really pause in that moment. And here we see Moses pausing. But the, the thing is, he pauses to see a sight. And then... The Bible says, and the Lord saw that he had gone over to look. It's almost as if the angel is manifesting through the bush that's on fire but not being consumed. And then the Lord is watching Moses' response. God's watching how you are responding to the, to the scene that he has created, to, to, to the act that is, is playing out in front of you to the role play that, that, that is requiring some of your interaction. It's almost impromptu. You're not being, you, 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 it's not scripted. You, 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 it, it, you are pausing in a moment and in that moment God is saying I'm about to do something but I need you to, to respond first. And when Moses responds the Bible says and God calls to him from the burning bush and he says, Moses, Moses. There's something about it when God calls your name twice. You know, John, John says, verily, verily. God calls to Samuel, Samuel, Samuel. When God calls you by your name and he calls you twice, it's time to pay attention. It's time to, 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 to take note of what is about to transpire. And he comes in and, 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 and Moses responds and says, Here am I. I want you to understand, Moses doesn't see anything. He responds to a voice. You see, sometimes we want to respond to something that is seen. Here we see Moses responding to the voice and, and the voice, firstly, after it calls out to him, it says, do not come any closer. God said, take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. What changed? 
right there. And whenever God shows up, that place becomes holy ground. I want you to understand this. Not every place is holy ground. When God shows up, it becomes holy ground. Amen? And, and, and so he says to him, take the sandals off your feet. The place where you're standing is holy. And then he said to him, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And in that moment, the Bible says, and Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Mm. When I read that, I understood a scripture where it says, when, when God is, is rebuking Korah and the others that have risen up against Moses, and he said to them, he says, to you, I speak in signs, but to Moses, I speak face to face. And in this moment, the Bible says, Moses' first encounter with him, I, 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 I beg to, 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 to maybe suggest tonight that Moses saw God and he only realized what he was looking at when he said, I am the God of Abraham, I am the God of Jacob, Isaac, I am the God of Jacob. In that moment, he realized what he was looking at. And then he hides his face because he was afraid to look at God. That's what the scripture says, right? I'm not paraphrasing. I'm not adding. I'm, I, I, I'm reading as it was written there. If you look at it, that means he was looking but not seeing. Or, or, or maybe say it like this. He was looking but he didn't recognize what he was looking at. Till the voice describes what he's looking at. And in that moment he realizes, I cannot keep looking anymore. And then the Lord says, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard their cry because of their slave drivers. I'm concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them into a land that is good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And he says, now the cry of the Israelites have reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. Look at that. He comes in and he says, I'm coming in response to a cry. I'm coming in response to oppression. I'm coming in response to suffering. I'm here to say to you, when you cry to the Lord, the Lord has heard you. There's a response coming. When you let your sufferings be known to God, there's a response coming. There's an answer coming. But the Bible says, God says, I've seen and I've heard the cries of my people. And it says, I am concerned about their sufferings. I want you to understand, no prayer that you prayed will ever go unanswered. No prayer that you prayed will ever go unheard. God is hearing, he's paying attention. You may be saying, but pastor, there are billions of people on the face of the earth. Everyone is crying unto the Lord. God hears your cry also. He says, I know the number of hair upon your head. If he knows that detail, he says, if I consider the sparrow and, and my eyes are upon the sparrow, how much more would my eyes be upon you? If I can care about a bird and I can care about the flower in the field, how much more would I con concern myself about you? God cares for you. God loves you. And in that moment, God says, I myself have come down to rescue you. Why is God getting your attention? Why was God getting Moses' attention? Why does God move upon the heart of somebody? Because there's a cry. There's a cry in the ears of his people and God is coming in response to that cry. And the Bible says, he says, I've seen how, they, how my people have been oppressed 
and the, uh, the, the cry has reached me. I've seen the way the Egyptians have been treating them. I'm here to say to you, nothing that you do will go unanswered. Nothing that you do will go unheard. God is watching over you. And then the Bible says, and it will reach me. And then so, he said, so now. Verse 10. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Ha. God's got an issue. He's hearing the cries. He's concerned about his people. But then he sends somebody to represent him. He sends him, he, he finds Moses and he says, now Moses, you go. But Moses said, but God, who am I? That Pharaoh, that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt. And God says, I will be with you. And this will be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you go and, and, and have my people brought out of Egypt, you will, you will worship God in this mountain. God is saying to him, I'm giving you a sign. Whenever God sends you, he sends you with a sign. Gideon comes and he says, God, give me a sign. He says, he puts a fleece on the floor. He says, if the fleece is wet and the ground is dry, I know it's you. When God does what he asks, he says, okay, I need another sign. He says, now if the fleece is dry and the ground is wet, then I know it's you. Whenever they come in, God knew that he needed something to convince him that he's God. God always does something. God is moving on the hearts of men and women. I'm here to say to you today, why, why are we looking at this portion of scripture? I'm saying to you, God is shifting you into a season where God will bring you to become his answer. May God bring you into this season where you will become an answer in the life of somebody else. You become a messenger of God and in that way God will answer the prayer of somebody through you. You're important in the agenda of God. You're important in the purposes of God. That means you're an integral part of the plan of God. The plan of God, yes, God can choose another. Remember what God says to, uh, Mordecai says to Esther, if you would remain silent, salvation will come through another. But God gives you an opportunity for you to become the catalyst, for you to become the, the, the channel of blessing for you to become the conduit that will be able to access somebody's life and they will be changed. You do not know the, 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 the circumstances and the events. You may find yourself in a place that is contrary to every other place. And in that place, God will give you a word for somebody you would never ordinarily have met. Some of my relationships, even in ministry, have been accidents. Some of my greatest relationships. My, my, my relationship with Rwanda and Apostle Francois. Well, we, 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 we were doing ministry in Kenya. We were uh, almost finished our, our, our trip. We were about, we were packing our bags to come home. We in, we in, we staying in, a, in, in, in a, in a hotel. And in that hotel, they were, they were having a conference, some pastors were coming together, and, and, uh, and, and so we saw that there were pastors there, and, and, and we, we, we just spoke to some of them that were having tea, and they said, oh, by the way, there is a, an apostle here from Rwanda, and this is what he's doing, and he's the one that is hosting this meeting. So, and, uh, and says, is it possible for us to meet him? And they said, no problem. They went up and they spoke to him, came back, they said, uh, and from there on, the rest is history. There are connections that have come out of that in Africa that I can't explain. It was a divine encounter. There was, we were in 2012, we were on holiday in the US. We were living about two hours away from where Pastor Zach lives. He says, come down and spend spend the day with us and come down on Saturday, preach for us on Sunday. I've, I've met him before. He came once to our church. I, I didn't speak to him before that. He, he, he gets contact. He says, we, yeah, come. And myself, Annie, and Joash drive. We're using GPS and going in the, in the U.S. and then we get there. 
Sunday morning, I'm sitting, uh, I, I come to the church, and, and I'm, as I'm preaching, his grandfather, who started off the ministry, is there. After I preach, he comes up and he says, he says, uh, young man, I thank you for what you have shared, and I bless you with the favor that God has given me in Africa. He was one of the first missionaries from the U.S. coming to Africa when missionaries were coming to Africa by boat. He starts off hundreds of churches in Kenya, hundreds of churches in Tanzania and Uganda. He, he, he has a major influence in East Africa. And he comes in and he's sitting on the wheelchair, unassuming to me what he has achieved and what he has done. And all of a sudden, the doors, one statement, the favor that God has given me in Africa, I bless you with. The churches that he started, I now have the, 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 I have the privilege and honor to give apostolic covering to. One moment. I could have said I'm on holiday. It's okay. I don't need another preaching appointment. I don't need. I'm about looking after sheep. And there's a burning bush. And I didn't discern what the bush is. Come on. How many times have God shown up in your life in such a way and you've missed it out? You walked away from it and you said, oh no, I'm, I'm too busy. And somebody else walked into a door that was destined for you. May you not miss out. May you not miss out on what God has for you. Let me, let, 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 let me know, I'm getting a little bit excited. The Bible says that Moses said to God, Suppose I go to Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you will say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. Amen. And he goes on and, he, and, 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 and so, so Moses is coming up with excuses, right? He, 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 he's coming up with things and saying, God, how, how do I convince these people? Remember, Moses knows he was a Jew. He was, there's history here, right? Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he's, a, he's a Jew by birth. He's grown up in the palace of Egypt. He's going against what he grew up. Yeah. He knows who Pharaoh is, yeah. the most powerful man on the earth in that day. And he's coming to with a word from him from the Lord. And the Lord is angry at how Pharaoh is treating God's people. And, 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 and so he says, go and tell the, the, the Israelites, the Lord your God, the, the God of your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has sent me, and this is what my name is, and, 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 and the name you shall call me from generation to generation. And then he says, assemble them, bring them together, and, and share with them what, what I'm saying. And he, and he says, and the elders of Israel will listen to you, and then... The elders are to go with you to the king of Egypt. But he comes in, in verses 19, and he says, But I know the king of Egypt. He will not let you go unless the mighty hand compels him. So I will stretch out. I want you to know the assignment that God has given you. He's going to watch over you. The assignment that God has given you, he's going to keep you. That means he's not going to send you there or just on your own and leave you. He's going to support you. Then he says, I will stretch my hand and strike the Egyptians uh, 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 to perform it. And then he says, I will make the Egyptians favorably dispose the people so that they will not leave empty-handed. Yeah. Every woman is to ask her neighbor and any woman living in her house for articles of silver and gold for clothing and you will put on your sons and your daughters, and you, and so you will plunder the Egyptians. God was saying to him, I'm not going to bring my people out empty-handed. I'm here to say to you, when God sends you an assignment, he doesn't send you without equipping you, without having the capacity. But he sends you with a sign, 
He sends you with a confirmation. He sends you with, with details for what you need to do. Now the problem with this whole thing is that Moses has got all the information and the people that he needs to lead got no information. Ah. Now that's the hard part. The people that you need to lead who need the information don't have the information. You have the information. And this is where it comes in for all of us. When the leader or the visionary sees something, you don't have to see it. You've got to believe. Remember the, 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 the servant of Jonathan? Children of Israel are surrounded by the Philistines. Saul is, uh, is without solution. The, the, the men are, are starving. There's no food. Jonathan comes to his servant, his armor bearer, and he says to him, let us break through this way. Yeah. We're going to go straight up yeah. to the Philistines and we're going to go to the well and we're going to get water. And so he goes, he says, we're going to go straight up. And, and his servant turns around to him and he says to him, do whatever is in your heart yes. yeah. and God will bless it and I am with you. Yeah. Yeah. The servant didn't have to know the strategy. He got to trust the one that he is serving to know that if he said we got it, we got it. Amen. I heard someone say the other day, you know, uh, uh, you know, when we were growing up, we all liked, uh, you know, Superman and you, you know uh, all, all, all these comics and uh, all, all these superheroes, right? And, 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 and Superman, and there's this. You know, if you watch Superman in, in one of the, 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 the first uh, Superman series, uh, Superman is flying up and uh, Louis Lane, is it? Right? Uh, she, she's hanging from a building. She's hanging from a building and Superman is flying up to, towards her. And as he flies towards her, he says to her, jump, I got you. So Louis Lane turns out to him, she says, I don't have a problem with you getting me, but who's got you? <laughs> huh? I want you to know you got this because God's got you. Hallelujah. Or I can say it the other way, God's got you, so you got this. Whatever this is, like Superman, you're showing up because you are convinced you have the ability to do it. You are empowered to do this. I pray today that you will see the hand of the Lord over your life. I want you to know today that people that God has called you to, he's already preparing them. All you've got to do is just be prepared. Be discerning. Who has God called you to speak to? Encourage. You have to be an encourager, a builder of somebody's life so that their life will not be the same. Amen? Let's just bow our heads together. This is the season that you're coming into. It's a season of favor. It's a season of grace. But it's a season where you'll find God doing new and supernatural things even in and through your life. So Father, I bring your sons and your daughters to you. Father, those that carry the mantle like Moses that would lead people out of slavery. We sang the song this evening. We see, we, we see families reunited. We see prodigals return. But somebody's going to go with the message. Somebody's going to be the one that carries that grace for restoration. Somebody's going to be that encourager. We see people healed. We see people restored. We see the broken uh, 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 restored. We, we see the hand of the Lord working favorably over the lives of people. How is this possible? Somebody God is going to begin to use. So Father, we come to you today. And we say, use us. Use your sons and your daughters. Somebody in your school. Maybe going through a difficult patch and God can use you as an encourager. God can give you a word of wisdom. 
and a, and a word of knowledge and as you speak it you can save somebody from making a bad decision could be a work colleague at work and that is about to make a, a bad choice or this this turmoil in his home or in his family or her family and you can come with a word of counsel lord use us you can use anything, Lord. You can use me. Oh God, place your hand upon your sons and daughters. That they will be like the Ananias that will activate Paul into his purpose. They will be like those that will serve others. Like an Anna that is in the temple that will speak the words of life and release prophetic announcements. Father, I thank you for your sons and your daughters. We thank you for this day, for their lives, this moment. Pray, Lord, that you will catapult them. Catapult them into the purposes of God. So we pray today that no one will leave empty-handed, that no one will be oppressed, no one will be crying or suffering, but they will be led into the, the, the purposes of God. You said you have a good land, a spacious land, a place of blessing for us. And so today, thank you for bringing us out of slavery into a place of blessing. Bless your sons and daughters, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.